morning, Church on the Rock. It's good to see everyone's bright and shining faces this morning. We're glad you're here. Uh, we'd love for you to stand. We're going to pray over our service as we, as we start, and then we're going to sing together. Father God, you are good. You are amazing. We see it through your creation. We see it all around us. We see it in the people that we share our lives with, the intricacies of who you are. Jesus, we thank you for including us in this beautiful, beautiful story. And Jesus, we, uh, we have seen your goodness. We have experienced it. And we are here, those of us who call on your name, we are here to proclaim it this morning. You are great. You are awe-inspiring. We thank you for the gift of your sacrifice that you would bring us to yourselves through that act. And this morning, we say you are good. And we pray this in your name. Amen. All right, let's sing again. Let's talk about our past. Oh, I once was dead in sin, alone and hoping. A child of wrath, I walk condemned in darkness. But your mercy brought me life, and in your loving kindness, raised me up with Christ. Alive 
Why don't you guys pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for this morning. And Jesus, we just acknowledge it's in you that we find life. It's in you that we are made alive. We recognize this morning, uh, Lord, just the beauty of your presence. We thank you, Jesus, that you are alive this morning uh, with us, in us, and in our community. We thank you that you are at work. And Lord, I thank you that you have saved us, that you've brought us close to you. We love you, we love you, we love you this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your power and for your grace in our lives. Thank you that we get to be together this morning, and in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everybody, you know the drill while you're standing. Would you join me in our Declaration of Purpose? As we gather together as God's family, we come with a purpose to invest in God's work and to invest in God's people. As he has been generous to us, we will be generous in his kingdom and with his people. Our time is his, our resources are his, our hearts are his, our lives are his. For his is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. So first things first. First things first. We have uh, some books here for you guys. Um, we have the book Home, which can you explain this real briefly for those that are unfamiliar? Yeah, actually the reason we're mentioning this again because we've had, it seems like there's like a, like a pipeline, a California to Homer, Alaska yes. pipeline of people moving. Right. Uh, this is a collection of stories of people from our church uh, mm -hmm. who were, <laughs> were made alive by Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's a collection of testimonies uh, from Homer, Alaska. I think we have some copies over there. Yeah, we're up with the table. Um, so we've actually, so over the last couple of years, we've mailed out, I think, four or 5,000 mm -hmm. of these to the area around Homer, Alaska. Heard some pretty... Uh, Cool testimonies of God using these stories to draw other people into relationship with him. Anyways, you're welcome to take one. It'll help you get to know uh, our community and also mm -hmm. our heart uh, as a ministry at Church on the Rock. Yeah. And then the other one that we have over there is Sifted. So Aaron did a series um, a handful of months ago uh, on how to think critically now and filter out all the noise that we got going on from these last couple of years. Think yeah. critically uh, through the lens of uh, scripture. Anything else you want to say about that? Yeah, just simply, it's, it's basically some, some guidelines on how to engage confidently mm -hmm. when it feels very, uh, uh, it feels like there's a lot of liability in doing mm -hmm. so, right? Yeah. Putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, just some thoughts about how to uh, engage with confidence, with humility, with grace, um, because my gosh, the world mm -hmm. needs to know about Jesus, right? Yeah. So um, Aaron did this series, and then we printed booklets, and they're available now over there for whoever wants them. Um, they are free. Um, there's a recommended donation written out to Aaron Weiser for $1,000, but they are free. I highly recommend that, yeah. Great. Um, then another thing I want to say is uh, this week is a special week for me. We have a missions team that's here um, yeah, this week say, serving, uh, the church, our, serving our church family and serving the community. Um, so they're here for this whole week. Uh, we have uh, 23 of them wow. here this week. Yeah. Um, so there's actually been missions teams coming in uh, this whole summer from all over the place that have yeah. been coordinated by a couple of different uh, missions agencies. 
um, here in Homer and in the wider area in Kenai Peninsula and up in Anchorage. So this team's here uh, serving us, asking how they can help out. And so um, they're, they're going to be around the next uh, few days doing ministry, and some of them will be uh, youth group and around. Um, but I want to give them a shout out. They're from uh, First Baptist Church, uh, Wooster. Uh, you guys want to raise your hands and why don't we give them a hand real quick? Let's know if you're here. Yeah. Wait, is, 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 is Wooster a place? Yeah. It is. Okay. It is. Jake says yes. I actually, I actually briefly, I briefly lived in Roach, Missouri which is adjacent to Tightwad, Missouri. True story. <laughs> yeah. Welcome I was from Wooster. I was instructed that there's, there's, fir there's First Baptist Church, Wooster, then there's Wooster First Baptist Church. But I got it right, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> it may have been a purpose. No. Wait, where is Wooster? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota? Right? Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> They're from somewhere, and we're glad they're here. <laughs> uh, great job on that announcement. Yeah, yeah. it went really great. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, believe it or not, it's halfway through July, which means yeah. we're basically yeah. halfway, more than halfway through yeah. our summer. We, I want to just uh, ask for your prayers. Uh, we are still seeking definitive answer on returning to the high school um, basically in the next month, month and a half. We have not actually received a definitive answer, um, but uh, sort of related to that, we're, our plan is, and this is what we're moving towards, is to relaunch our small groups mm -hmm. and then also our men's and women's chapels on Sunday nights. Um, it's so critical. Uh, outside of the Sunday morning gathering, that there are, there are, that you're a part of environments, smaller environments where you're developing uh, deeper relationships for your own growth, right? For your own uh, building up of your own faith. And so the way that we've done that in the past is through small groups and then mm -hmm. also through the men's and women's chapels. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, this last year with all of the changes, uh, we didn't offer either one of those, uh, which mm -hmm. is which is sad, actually. Yeah. It's been a loss, right? Yeah. And I know so many, I've talked to so many of you that are, that are craving community, right? Opportunities to, mm -hmm. to jump back into community. And so um, we are working towards that. We're working in that direction and are still seeking some clarity and some answers. So I would just ask yeah. that you would pray for Church on the Rock. Yeah. Um, as you know, with our current kids' arrangement, there's some limitations. Yeah. And as we head yeah. back into winter, those limitations only become more uh, apparent, especially with the outdoor tent. So um, pray for Church in the Rock. Pray for mm -hmm. our future over the next couple of months. Yeah. Uh, pray for answers. And uh, we'll keep you guys posted as we move forward. Yeah. yeah. So we're jumping into a new series. We are. We're talking about the covenant. Why don't you pray for our time, and then yeah. we'll go. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for Aaron. I thank you for what he has prepared. As for us, as we hear, Lord, that we would uh, hear your voice and have the capacity to respond. We just acknowledge, Holy yeah. Spirit, that it's through you that we're able to hear your voice and respond to you in joyful uh, obedience mm -hmm. uh, and conviction. And so, uh, Jesus, I thank you that you're near this morning. I ask that you would be with us, that you'd speak to us, uh, that as we hear your word and celebrate together, that we'd be meeting with the living God. So we thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Drew. Do you guys have a good week?
Yeah, that good, huh? Oh, that's right, you got kids and grandkids. I received a very good, a great gift this week. Um, <laughs> I hope you can take this the right way. <laughs> uh, I have teenagers, I have a few teenagers. And there's one gift that my teenage girls have given me on a couple of occasions that's just probably more special than any other gift. It's when they give my number to a boy that asks for a phone number. <laughs> I had a lovely conversation with a young man via text message this week. it just made my week, you know. <laughs> I try to go as long as I can, you know, before like revealing I'm not the girl that you met. I'm her dad. Oh man, it's so good. So we're going to jump back into the, that's not, that's not related to my teaching at all. That's just a personal update. We're going to jump back in. So we're, we, we left off in our last series. The people have been rescued from bondage, rescued from slavery, brought out of Egypt, and they, they watched as Egypt was destroyed. So I want to I give you a couple of sort of reminders before we jump in. Because what we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks is uh, sort of a critical uh, a turning point or a critical moment in sort of the time frame of what God is doing with Israel. And it's in Exodus 19. But I want to I remind you of a couple of things before we jump in and kind of tell you what this morning is about. So here's the first reminder. This book, the scriptures, the Bible, all the way from the beginning to the end is the story that points us to Jesus. Jesus actually said during his ministry on earth, he said, you read all of the words of this book, and yet you failed to understand that it was about me, that it was intended to point you to me. So as we read Exodus, which is a fantastic story, it's so critical that you keep in mind that this story is not just a history lesson about what God did. It's a history lesson with the intention of pointing you to Jesus now, today, here. That's number one. Number two, you guys remember our mission as a church? It probably is similar to your mission in Wooster, Minnesota. <laughs> What's the first part of our mission? Love God. What's the second piece? Love people. What's the third piece? That's been the invitation of God since the beginning of time. And what we're going to see this, this morning in the invitation of God to the people of Israel is all of these elements, all of the pieces. So what I'm going to unpack for you is God's invitation, the specifics of God's invitation to the people of Israel. He's going to invite them into uh, relationship. But this is what I want you to do as we unpack this, is 
uh, their testimony, the story of God's invitation to the people of Israel, is our testimony. So the people left Egypt, they were rescued from bondage, then they got a front row seat as God destroyed the nation of Egypt, or the army of Egypt. And then, and we're not going to cover this today, but after they were delivered, they were, they were brought from the Red Sea, they ran out of water, God gave them water, they ran out of food, God gave them food. So God has delivered them, and he has miraculously provided for them. So here it is, just four verses that we're going to um, examine this morning. Exodus 19, verse 3. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, this is what you shall say to the house of Jacob, and this is what you are to tell the sons of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own special treasure among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." And these are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So short, so simple, but there it is. Now I'm gonna come back to this at the end, but keep in mind, this invitation is extended at a key point in time. It was not extended prior, previously. It's extended now. So let's unpack this together. I want to get into the details of the invitation, again, recognizing that their testimony is our testimony. This is what you are to say to the sons of Israel. First of all, you yourselves have seen. You saw it. You watched it. You beheld. I would suggest that the invitation of God is always subsequent to the experience of God, to witnessing Him. God doesn't show up, knock at the door, introduce Himself, and invite them into relationship. God shows up revealing His power, revealing His care and concern for them, His love for them expressed through His willingness to deliver them. And He says now, in the invitation to relationship, you have already seen my power at work. In the summer, actually it was in July of 1998, you guys know the green catamaran that's Mako's water taxi? Anyone know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. I took a girl named Jenny out on that boat. We went across the bay to Halibut uh, Cove. I brought dinner and a grill and a guitar because I thought at the time it would be really sweet to propose to her with a song that I wrote, not anticipating that I would be so nervous that my hands would be shaking, it would be very difficult to play guitar, and my voice would be shaking, it would be very difficult to sing. 
but I proposed to that girl 20, what is that? A long time ago. <laughs> you yourself have seen how I vanquished all of the other men who were after you, right? You have seen my, my great power. The proposal, the invitation into a special relationship comes after a period of witnessing, right? Of observing, of seeing with your own eyes. Your testimony begins when you see the power of God, when you witness him. John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the original writers of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, say this is our testimony. This is what we're offering you. We saw God. Well, what did they see specifically? God is specific. He says, you yourselves have seen, first of all, what I did to the Egyptians, what I did to your, your bondage keepers, your slave masters, your oppressors. What did I do to them? I defeated them. I destroyed them. That was their first experience of the power of God, was the power of God against their oppressor. And that is our first experience of the power of God. Colossians 2.13, you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. We first experience God as the one who has destroyed the enemy of our soul, who has defeated sin, death, the devil, and the grave. That's not the only thing they witnessed. How I carried you on eagle's wings. I didn't just remove the chains. I didn't just uh, eliminate your oppressors. I brought you away. I carried you away on eagle's wings. Remember Frodo and Samwise? riding on the eagles. I carried you away on eagles' wings. God didn't just defeat the enemy and leave us. He came to us in majesty, in concern, in care, and in gentleness, and rescued us from our plight. It's their testimony, and it's my testimony. Deuteronomy 32, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. 
He found him, speaking of Israel, he found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the pupil of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest that hovers over its young. He spread his wings and caught them and carried them on his pinions. He says, you yourselves have seen, first of all, what I did to Egypt. Secondly, how I rescued you on eagle's wings. And thirdly, and this is so critical, and I brought you to myself. God rescued his people from something and to something. I rescued you from your bondage keeper, from your slave master, from your oppressor, to myself, the giver of life. Paul talks about this in Philippians 3. I won't read it, but you can go look at it. He says, I, for so many years, I thought that following God, that religion, was checking enough boxes off of the list. And then I met Jesus and realized I had been completely missing it. I wasn't saved in order to be a certain kind of good. That's not the end. The end is that I would know God. John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is what we have been rescued to. God says, you saw it with your own eyes. I destroyed your enemy. I rescued you, and I brought you to myself. That is what already has been done. And now the invitation If, if, so based on what you've witnessed, based on what you've seen, if indeed you will obey my voice and keep my covenant. So that's the condition. If you want to come into covenant relationship with me, now keep in mind when he says, if you obey my voice, uh, all of obedience is summed up in the scriptures in one word. What is that one word? Love, right? So if you will say yes to loving covenant relationship with me, three things are ahead of you. First, you shall be my own special treasure. And I love that he, he, he has this, this caveat. He says, among all the peoples for all the earth is mine. In other words, God is saying, it's not that you don't belong to me already. Everything on earth belongs to me. What I'm inviting you into is a special kind of relationship, a covenant relationship, a relationship characterized by love. Not because I don't own all of creation, but because I am a God who is seeking after those who will seek me I am a God who seeks those who love and worship. Titus 2.14, 
Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. It says, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, enter into that relationship first, you shall be my own special treasure. We will have a unique relationship that I desire. This is no different than what I invited Jenny to that day, that you will be my special treasure, and vice versa, that we will enter into a special relationship with each other, a unique relationship, a covenant relationship. So he says, first of all, if you say yes today, if you say yes today, you shall be my special treasure. Secondly, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. What is a priest? A priest is a representative, is, a, is, is a, essentially like a middleman between God and humanity. A priest is someone who is a conduit for the presence of God on earth. His invitation to the people is from the context of loving covenant relationship that they would reveal his love and glory to the whole earth. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests. Israel was not rescued. Israel was not saved in order to be tucked away and hidden, but rather displayed to the whole world. And that is your testimony. 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You shall be my own special treasure. You shall be a kingdom of priests. And then finally, you shall be a holy nation. Holy meaning set apart. You shall be a people who are set apart for sacred purpose, for God's purposes. That's what I'm calling to you too. Matthew 5, 14, you are light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You have been set apart for sacred purpose. Colossians 1.22, yet he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, you will be my special treasure, you will be to me a kingdom of priests, and you will become a holy nation, a nation set apart. We will have relationship, and you will have a purpose in the world. That's the invitation. That's the whole piece. That is actually the invitation in those four verses is the invitation that the whole rest of the Old Covenant is built upon. So I want to make a couple of closing observations here that I think are critical and that actually shape my thinking. We have three significant sort of time frames of events. First, we have deliverance. That's what's already happened leading up to this. God rescued his people, destroyed Egypt, wiped out the army, rescued them to his self. 
That has already taken place. Second, we have covenant. That is the invitation into relationship. And then third, still ahead, we haven't got there yet, and we will get there in our storyline. Ahead, we have conquest. And that is, so the people now are not in the promised land. They're out of bondage. They've been rescued from slavery. They've been brought to God, but they're not yet in the land of promise. Conquest is, is the period of time where they go into the land and lay hold of everything that God has promised them. So you tracking with that? So here's some critical uh, truths. First of all, if you are wondering about responding to the invitation, you don't need to ask God to do what is necessary to defeat the enemy of your soul and to provide salvation. It's already been done. The work of deliverance was accomplished before you even had ears to hear the invitation. It was done 2,000 years ago. Before you had the thought process to ask for it, he had provided it. Number two, it is because of what God has already done that you are invited now. The if of the covenant, if you will, the if of the covenant is about what's ahead, not what's behind. Not if you say, yes, I'll go to the cross. No, he already went. It's a done deal. Sin, uh, sin, death, the devil, and the grave have been defeated once and for all. Gone, done, over. Now, on the other side of invitation, you still have the joy, the challenge, the life of faith, of laying a hold of all the promises of God. But none of that is a statement about what's already taken place. The cross was the final word. Last thing. Sometimes, this is my observation, sometimes... During the challenges of conquest, when we're chopping our way through that jungle, we lose sight of the pure testimony of our deliverance, which is a completed work. It's already over. Today, this week, I will wage a battle against sin and sin's effects on my life. And guess what? Sin is a defeated enemy, and that's my testimony. Not in the abstract, not as a specific thought process. But our testimony is, I have seen the power of God. God, would you remind us again
of your powerful deliverance, your mighty work on our behalf, your victory over sin, over death, the devil, the grave. And with the testimony of our experience of your powerful work on our behalf be at the tip of our tongues, may we not lose sight as we say yes to you, as we say yes to relationship with you. that our priesthood would be the shared testimony of our dependence upon the completed work of the cross. That would be the light that the world sees. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys stand? We're gonna worship together. During this time, if you'd like, there are communion, Uh, opportunity around the room. You can take communion during a time of worship. You can give during this time, but let's uh, sing together. Whoa. 
God, would you remind us again of the absolute miracle of your rescue effort on our behalf. Would you remind us again of the gentle grace of eagle's wings that carried us from bondage from slavery to life and freedom. <clears throat> and God, for those who are still considering the invitation, would you reveal your power? Would you enable blind eyes to see, deaf ears to hear, to experience your grace, to encounter your presence. God, I ask for that gift now. And may the testimony of your rescue effort on our behalf be ever on our lips. May we be the royal priesthood, the holy nation that you've called us to be. We say yes to you today. Yes. In every way, yes. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been great to see you all, to all of our friends from Wooster. We hope you have a great rest of your time here. God bless you. Have a great week.